0: I't want to say it's good to be here this morning. On my way here, I couldn't help but think back of the first time I stood in this pulpit. It was on a Wednesday night, pulled up in the parking lot and parked right back here. The parking lot was full. And I can remember sitting there and telling my wife, I don't think I can go in there. But you know, the Lord helped me that night. I know that he will help here today. I had so many nerves that night. And I'm going to be honest with you, the nerves is getting the better of me today. I've stood several times, but you know being in the Lord's house, proclaiming His word, in my heart, that is the very most important thing that anyone in this world can do. We have a lot of things that are important in our this life. Things that we do, taking care of our families, making sure they have food on the table, shoes on their feet, the roof over their heads. Yes, those things are important. But they only last while we're here in this world. God's Word will last forever. God's Word is able... To bring a person to a place where they can understand what they must do to be saved, that they can have eternal life. I want to tell Brother Curtis I appreciate all that he had to say today, and I want to say amen to everything he said. There for a while I thought he was gonna walk all over my, what I had thoughts and you have your Bible this morning and I want to read along, turn to the book of John chapter 3 and I'm going to begin at the 11th verse. John chapter 3 and verse 11. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up into heaven but he that came came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, <clears throat> and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hath the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought of God. With the mistakes I may have made, that is John chapter 3, 11 through 21. You know, these verses of Scripture contains probably one of the most known verses in the Bible that's not where my thoughts has gone today brother Casey called me and asked me to stand it wasn't but just a little short time that this first came to my mind and my heart and that's verse 18 he that believeth He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This verse of Scripture, I think, goes right along with what Brother Curtis was saying this morning. And I can't help but think that it comes to my mind about, and this may sound a little bit odd, but about a movie I saw about a true story of a man that committed a crime. He had been put in jail for the crime of killing another human being. They took him, and they took him before the judge and before a jury. And there they found him guilty. They took him a little bit later to another trial before the judge. The judge gave him a sentence. That sentence was he was to die because of the crime that he committed. Now, I want you to understand, when we commit a sin, it is a crime against God. But this man here, he committed a crime against the, not only God, but each and every one of us. He killed another human being. The judge passed down a sentence, that this man was sentenced at a certain day and a certain time that he would be put to death. Each and every one of us in this world today, whether we be in this church house this morning or wherever we may be, we have all got a time that we will pass from this life. Each and every one of us. Now that man, when they sentenced him, the time kind of passed by. The day came that he was to be put to death. That day when the time was almost come, the time of day, the authorities, they went to the jail jailhouse and the prison cell where this man was being kept. They opened the door. This man they brought him out of the cell and they was taking him to ready him for his death. Now as they was taking him down the hallway to the room where he was to die, one of the men shouted out, dead man walking. And I want you all to understand today, we are all dead men walking in this world. Every one of us. We're going to die. We have a time that we are born and we have a time that we die. I recently went to a funeral my cousin. On the little bulletins that they have, it said July 1956. There was a little dash mark and then it said, Passing was 2023. I want you to understand that little dash mark is the time that we have here on this earth, the time that she had. In that time, from the time of her birth to the time of her death, that is the only time she had to make things right with God. That is the only time that she had that she could go and humble herself and cry out to the lord for the salvation of her soul i thank god that one day when my when my father passed away we was sitting on the front porch at my mother's house and we was out there talking and we was talking about the lord and i told her about the time that i got saved and what had happened she was of a different faith but she told me she said ralphie She said, I had one of those times when I was laying on my bed and I was praying to the Lord and it was just this awesome feeling come all over me. And I have confidence that she was saved that day or that night. We all just have a certain time span in our lives that we have to get right with the Lord. That time span is from the time you are born until the time you die. And the time that you die, you don't know. This man that was convicted of this crime, he was condemned to death. He knew because they had set a time when he would die. You don't know that time. Not any one of us do. My cousin didn't know that she was going to be found dead in her home. We don't know if we're going to have a heart attack right here today. We don't know if we go out those doors that we won't be in a car accident and be killed that very moment. We do not know. We only have the time right now that we are breathing. That's the only time that we have. And you need to get right with God. People, hell is real. Hell is real. When the Bible tells us you are condemned already, that's what it's telling you, that you are condemned to, condemned to a devil's hell. It wasn't made for you. It wasn't made for either, any one of us. But yet you are condemned there because of your sin. It doesn't matter how slight of a thing that you have done wrong. It doesn't matter how slight it is. It could be going and taking a piece of candy from somebody. It's wrong, it's sin. It could be telling somebody a lie. It doesn't matter if it's this big or if it's this big. If it's a lie, it's a lie and it's sin. I think about. I think about how God sent two angels to Sodom. Lot met them there at the gate of the city. He tried to convince them to come in to his home that night, but they said, No, we're going to spend the night in the streets. But Lot convinced them to come into his home he convinced these angels to come into his home and he fixed them, he fixed them what the Bible calls a feast with unleavened bread. And then they're coming. While they was inside, the men of the city circled his house. And they came to the door and telling Lot, to the men that came in, send them out that we may know them. As Brother Curtis plainly said this morning, we have this thing today they call gay rights. It's no different than what that they was doing in those days. It's men with men and women with women. People, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's no different. Lot had even offered to send his daughters out that these men could have their way. And they refused. They wanted the angels. The angels, the angels, they made the men blind that were there at the door and they shut the door. The angels told Lot that he needed to get out his family, his wife and his daughters and his family, that they needed to leave that the Lord had sent them to destroy the city. The next morning, Lot and his family had started to leave before the sun come up. And he had told them not to look back. Not to look back to see what was happening. God started raining fire and brimstone upon Sodom. Destroying the whole city. Lot's wife looked back and immediately she turned into a pillar of stone, just like a statue of salt. God destroyed that city because of all the evil and the sin that was going on in that place. You look around today and what do we see? What do we see? All these things, these these activists going around and wanting people to allow them to commit these sins. Wanting the rights to do so. People, these things are wrong. God destroyed that city for that reason. You look around here in this country, for the world in fact, All those things are going on now. Is God going to destroy us for that reason? How much time do you have left? We don't know. I don't know if God will do that because of that reason now. I don't know. But you know, all those people in Sodom, they didn't know. They didn't know that the destruction and their, their deaths would come at that time. They didn't know that. Just like we don't know today when our time will be. We don't know when the day that the Lord will say time shall be no more and that the, this whole world will be destroyed. The Bible tells us that there will be men climbing into the crevices and the mountains and the rocks trying to hide themselves from the Lord. I want you to think about Jonah. He was in the ship trying to escape and trying to hide from the Lord because the Lord told him to go and to preach. He was trying to hide and he was down in the in the bottom of the ship. There was The winds were just real mighty and the storms was going on, the ship, it was rocking back and forth and all those men on the ship, they thought it it was going to capsize and they would have gone drowned in the sea. The ship captain, he went down into the bottom of the ship and he seen Jonah down there and he was asleep. He wakes him up and he says, What meanest thou, O sleeper? We are in the same situation here today. What meanest thou? We sit here and we go, we look, we look at these things that are going on all around us. We hear the gospel and we know that we're not saved, but yet we don't seek after the Lord. We'll do it another day, another time. We may not have that time, people. You may not have that time that you can go and seek after Him. He told Jonah to pray to the Lord, pray to his God, that they could be saved from that. But you know, we have that opportunity even right now. Even right now. If you don't know the Lord and you haven't been saved, you need to find a place and pray. I know, I thank God that I came to this church. This is where I heard the Word of God preached. Oh, I'd heard preaching before at other places, and I was deceived. I had a man raise his hand and ask me if I believed Jesus was the Son of God. I'd heard it from different people, and yes, I said, yes, I do. Immediately, he took me back and put me in the water and raised me up, and I was told that I was okay. But you know what? I thought I had really done something But the biggest problem with that is, I thought. I thought that I, I can't do anything just as you can't do anything for your own salvation with exception of going to the Lord, humbling yourself to Him. He has to be the one that tells you, not a preacher somewhere, not a man somewhere, not a missionary somewhere, only God. And I'm going to tell you people when that happens you will know it when you're lost you will know it because there's so much trouble in your heart there's fear the bible says about fear and trembling and that is so true in my case I can remember sitting back here in this in this pulp in this uh bench back here and they was having they called for a a song to be sung. And I can remember sitting there and holding on to that bench in front of me so tight, (laughs) hoping that that song would get over. But you know what? And I want each and every one in this place today that's been saved to listen to this. There was a lady that was sitting back in the back that came up and the only thing that she did was place her hand upon my shoulder And I broke down like a little baby crying. There I was, 41 years old. And I was crying like a little baby. I couldn't get up here fast enough. And I knelt down right about in front of where this pulpit is now. I knelt down there and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. We was there until about 2.30, I think. And I got up and I... I was still in trouble, but I couldn't pray no more. During the service that day, Brother Moran, he asked the congregation if anyone felt that they should have a small revival. They was going to start that night and go two nights, three nights, whatever the Lord led. But he asked for a show of hands. And you know, while I was sitting out there, my hand went up because I wanted to hear more I wanted to hear more the Lord was already working on my heart you see I'd sat in here and I'd heard sermons preached and I'd heard how that you had to have a time and a place when the Lord had saved your soul and you know that went all over me and it's still true today just as it was back in those times brother Curtis was talking about this morning before it even, the gospel even came to this country. It was still the same. It was still the same in Moses' time. You had to humble yourself to God to be saved. It's not changed. God's words, God's ways, it has not changed one little bit. You have to come to Him. Your sin is against Him. It's not against the preacher. Your sin is against God. And that's the one you have to go to and pray. If the Bible tells us about, or Jesus tells us about the, how the sheep and the goats will be separated. And I didn't know if I was going to say all this, but that's okay. He tells us about how the sheep and the goats would be separated that day. And how the, how the sheep, they will be invited in and they will go to heaven. That's those people that are saved. The goats, when they come up, I never knew you. You see, you can know of someone and not know them. You have to know Jesus. Jesus came into this world the only begotten Son of God, holy God and holy man. He came into this world to save each and every one of us. There's not one excluded. He came to save each and every one of us. But you have to go to Him. It won't cost you anything. I can remember... I can remember... When Christopher, Jeffrey, they were about this tall, they come out with these things. I'll get it out in a minute. The Dalmatians, they came out and they were a big thing among the kids. They all wanted them. They had to have these Dalmatians. Well, there was a Kmart store out there. It's gone now, but there was a Kmart store out there. And they had a thing where if you was One of the first so many that come that they had this thing of Dalmatians that they was going to give away. Guess what Paw did? He got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and went and sat in Kmart's parking lot so them boys could have that Dalmatians kit. Yes, it was free. It didn't cost a dime. But there was something that I had to do to get it. I had to get up and I had to go to the place to receive that. Salvation is free. won't cost you a dime. But you have to go to the Lord to get it. There's no place else to go, nowhere else you can go. You have to go to the Lord, and He is the only place You know, I think about Jonah and he said, wake up, oh sleeper. There's so many of us today that are sleeping. Not only the ones that are lost, those of us that are saved, we are sleeping. When we should be out professing God's word and telling about Him and what He did for each and every one of us, we're sleeping in that fact. We're not getting out like we should. We need to be out and about in this community. We need to be out and about in the world. I know when I go to work, I, my schedule, there's a lot of times I don't know where I'm going to be. There's been times Brother Casey has asked me to come here, but I knew that I was going to be away from home and I had to decline. But you know, that shouldn't stop. I go to work and there's a lot of people there. I'm I'm supposed to be a site manager. There's a lot of people that come to me for different things. When they do, they come in and some of them might be a little bit upset and some of their language gets pretty bad, I'm going to tell you. But you know what? Sometimes I have to tell them to stop. Sit down, cool off, and when you do, we'll talk. When we talk, a lot of times, I can tell them about the Lord. and You know, it just does seem to calm people down when they hear about the Lord. But the fact does remain. There is a place called heaven and a place called hell. When that dash between the dates of your birth and when you pass from this life, if you don't find The salvation of your soul and the only place you'll find it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying to him to forgive you of your sins, And he is the only one that can forgive you. That little dash is all we have to do so. And if you don't find him, you'll be cast into that lake of fire that burns forever and ever and ever. Never stops. And you will feel the pain of that. I read in the Bible where it says, the streets there are made of pure gold. So pure that they are transparent as glass. In other words, you can see through it. And the glory of God is so bright that there's no need for any other lights. In my own mind, in my own heart, I can think. You know how you look? You look at a window at night. If you're outside looking in and there's light inside, you can see everything, the people moving around and whatever's going on. But when you're inside, you cannot see out because the glare of the light off the glass. Those people that are down in hell, they're going to be able to look up and see each and every child of God up there with Him, rejoicing and singing. That's going to be part of their punishment. They're going to be down there burning and screaming and gnashing into their teeth. They won't be able to stand it. But yet those people up in heaven, they're going to be having the best good old time. We're going to be able to praise the one that came here and died for us. We're going to be able to sing unto him. And that will go on for eternity. Forever and ever and ever. And never stop. What we have in this world, it's going to stop. It's going to stop one day, whether it be by, the, by your death naturally here in this world or the Lord sends, says that time will be no more and He sends the rain down on it that will destroy this world. One way or the other, you will be in one place or the other. There's no other place to go, heaven or hell. Which place will you be? Have you been condemned already? Yes, you have. But those that have been saved by the grace of God will end up there in heaven. I thank God that I know that I have a time and a place right about down here where the Lord lifted me up off this whole altar and spoke peace unto my heart. It just I could just feel the cleansing power, and the sins washing away. But my heart goes out to all those that are lost. And you know, all these things that we read about and people tell us, the preachers tell you, all the torments that are going to be there, all the pain that you are going to suffer, there's no way that we can tell you at all. It's going to happen. My prayer is that if, you, if you're not saved, that you would come and you would pray, wherever it may be. I remember when I was lost, I read in the Bible how it said to enter into your own closet. You know, I would go, and I'd go in the bathroom and shut the door just so nobody would come in, and I'd pray to the Lord. I'd go hide outside on the decks and I'd go down there and hide by myself, and I'd pray to the Lord. I don't know what it is that you have to do. I don't know where it is you have to be, but I do know this. You have to be in the presence of God, and you have to be there. You need to be there, and you are the only one that can pray the prayer that gets through to Him for your salvation. You are the only one that can do that. The people of God, yes, we can gather around you and pray in your behalf and pray that the Lord would help you get to that place. But that's all we can do is point you to Jesus, the only one that can save your soul. That's all that we can do. The rest is up to you. If you want that free gift, you have to go to Him. And I pray that you will do that just as soon as the Lord starts dealing with your heart. Don't wait. I was in a service one time when a man, there was a man there that told how that the Lord had dealt with him, but he didn't, he never would go to the altar. He requested prayer for himself that the Lord would deal with him one more time. You see, he didn't know. Chances are, if you don't know that you have the salvation that only God can give, if you don't know that, if you're confused, the chances are that you don't. You will know when God saves your soul, just as you will know when you're lost. I don't know, Brother Strode, could you get us a song? I pray today. I had some other things that I had marked and that kind of thing, but I feel that the Lord's done with me. But I do ask you if you don't know the Lord today and the free pardon of sin, if you've never felt that sweet peace come in your heart, I ask that you seek after him. Even now, you can come up here to this altar. It doesn't have anything special about it, except it's a very good place to pray. And the people of God can gather around you and they can pray for you. But again, you have to be the one to pray the prayer for the salvation of your own soul. 380, 380. Everybody stand, please. Everybody stand. There's...